Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. Hi, I'm Kim Lapree from the Teachers Need Teachers Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to episode 125 of the Google Teacher Podcast, your source for the latest Google for Education news, tips, tricks, and ideas you can use in class tomorrow. I'm Casey Bell from Shake Up Learning. And I'm Matt Miller from Ditch That Textbook, and in this episode is all about tips from teachers, tips from all of you. We have some uh, fantastic voice messages from all of you sharing some things that you can do with Google. Um, We've got a whole bunch of uh, real practical things that you can start using right away, so we're going to be sharing those. Of course, we've got Google News and updates, and we've got some other cool things on the blog that are going on that we want to share with you. So I think it's time to dive right into this. You ready, Casey? Let's do it. Okay, y'all, let's jump into some Google news and updates. And it's it's been a hot minute since we've looked at this from the podcast perspective. So there's quite a bit to share with you. And Google Workspace updates, they did finally update that URL, by the way, because that was driving me crazy. But now I'm worried about all the links that will eventually break. But workspaceupdates.googleblog.com is the uh, the official updates blog where we get a lot of this information. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and remember that, right? I, I still don't understand why they're running still such an antiquated version, but I, I digress. Okay, we are talking about an update to Google Docs that allows you to have a document with multiple page orientations. So if you've ever had the need to have a portrait page and a landscape page, you can now do that and have it within the same document. So I I really appreciate this. I have gotten into some situations where I wished I'd had it or I band-aided it together with a PDF or something else to make it work. Band-aided it. I think that I just made made that one up. So um, yeah, it's going to be one of those episodes, y'all. We are ready for Christmas break. So anyway, it's nice to have, it's nice to be able to know that this is here. If you go to the um the page that you're working on and you i believe it's a right click um or highlight you will see yeah right click and then you will actually see change page to landscape so um you can do that page by page instead of just the everything applying to the whole document fingers crossed we can eventually get something like that in slides too 
Yes. Yeah, that would be awesome. I've heard people asking about this before, how it would be nice to have some, you know, turn the other way and everything. So it's nice that they've they've made this available. I think uh, that definitely gives us some flexibility for what we're doing in class. So, um, so that's definitely good. We have a couple of quick Google Meet updates for you that are nice. Um, for one, when live captions started rolling out in Google Meet, uh, there was this one question that I kept hearing. Um, live captions, of course, are when you um, when you turn on live captions, then Google will um, auto-translate in real time what's being said in the Google Meet call and uh, display it on the screen. And it's sometimes more accurate than others, but it's still a nice feature to have most of the time. And of course, you know, I started hearing more and more people going, yeah, but what about other languages? Will it do other languages? Um, and now we finally have that. So uh, it's finally uh, created some support. Now we've got support for additional languages, including French, German, Portuguese, and two versions of Spanish. We've got the Spain Spanish. And we've got the Latin American Spanish. So um, so basically you turn on the um, the transcription feature, the, you know, the live captions feature, and then you can choose the language. Now, is it going to translate for you from one language to the other? No, we're not quite there yet, but this is definitely a step in the right direction. And then what you select on that um, actually demonstrates another Google Meet update that we have recently, and that has to do with sticky settings. So whenever, for example, whenever you uh, select a language for your captions inside of Google Meet, that setting will be sticky, which means that it will continue the way that it was for future uses of that particular, of that particular meeting code. So basically what that means is if you have a recurring meeting, you know, one where you use that same meeting code over and over, for instance, in Google Classroom, we have that same code that we use over and over and over again. Or if somebody joins, exits, and then rejoins, um, those are all done within the same code. And what's nice is that whenever you set certain settings, then, um, you know, for instance, like preventing students from sharing the screen or from sending chat messages, you know, different things like that, it's going to keep those settings going forward. Now, this is for this is not per user, so that doesn't mean that once you set it once for yourself, then it's going to show up in all of your Google Meets. Um, this is just for the meeting code. So, you know, especially in Google Classroom, with having that one meeting code that works for your Google Classroom, this will be pretty nice to be able to set some of those settings, and then once they're set, then they stay that way, whether you go or you come back. So a couple of nice uh, updates there for Google Meet. Uh, we're always needing some meat updates and uh, something else that we can add to our meat basket, right? <laughs> the meat basket. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that episode? Uh, okay, this update is very specific. It is just for those of you who use Microsoft Office files and Gmail. So when someone sends you a Microsoft Office file in Gmail, you should begin to see a slight difference where you can actually open those files in Doc Sheets and Slides with one click. Um, you'll see an edit icon on that attachment. 
and then you can easily reply to the email from within the file. So once that file is open, you have new options to respond to the email thread from the file menu itself inside Doc Sheets or Slides. So that's a nice little addition there. I have always said that I like the fact that Google plays well with others, <laughs> unlike some, some of our other products. But if you're in that situation where you're using both of those tools, that's a nice little update. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And so um, we're going to take a turn for the fun here for these last uh, few. So the next one I wanted to share with you is a post from the keyword blog. Um, and it talks about it talks about Street View, you know, Google Maps Street View. And this one is for all of you that are going on holiday break and are dreaming of snow. I know here in Indiana, Casey and I were just talking about this. Here in Indiana, we just got maybe an inch or two of snow just within the last few days. Um, and so my kids got to go sledding in it a little bit. And, you know, we've gotten to see it outside and seeing the snow falling and everything. It's, you know, it's fun. It's a big part of the holiday experience for us. And if you're feeling a little bit of a tug at your heart for some snow, but you don't want to get wet and cold, or you don't want it to be outside of your own window, then you can go on a snowy stroll with Street View. And so in this post, which we've got linked up in our show notes at googleteacherpodcast.com slash 125, you can find some selected street views that you can click on and it lets you go take those little virtual tours so you can see some snow. So it takes you to Norway, for instance. It takes you to Finland so you can see the Northern Lights, which is pretty cool. Um, into another place in uh, some place in Europe. They don't say specifically where it is, but there is some deep snow there. And then um, you've also got a ski slope in France. Like it kind of goes on and on. And so if you're kind of pining for a little bit of um, of snow during these uh, winter times and you're just not getting it yourself, this could be a fun way to go. Yeah, that's super fun, especially since so many of us don't have our own snow to play in or we can't mm -hmm. travel to go see it. So we've got that as an option. I've got a little Google Arts and Culture to share with you. This is actually an experiment. It's called Blob Opera. Some of you may have seen I shared this on Twitter the other day, and I had way too much fun playing with this. So it is, um, like I said, it's under the umbrella of Google Arts and Culture Experiments. And, you know, that just means it's kind of in a testy phase here. And it allows you to sing opera with some blobs. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> that's what it is. And so the, my first little blob, I'm actually going to turn um, my computer sound on. So maybe the microphone will pick it up so you can hear this. Here we go. Let me turn it up. Okay, so my first little blob. My tenor came in. Here comes the soprano. <laughs> Can you hear it? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> just making sure that that actually works. So, yeah, um, whether you just need a little brain break or <laughs> you and your family, your kids, whoever needs this over the holidays or when you come back to the classroom, it is super fun. Yeah. It's called Blob Opera. 
That's hilarious. That's and it's so fun, um, you know, especially during these uh, this holiday season. All of the the silly fun stuff that they they put out there. I know there's the whole Santa Tracker thing that that seems to come up every year too, and there's lots of really fun things out there. So um, if you want to check out any of the stuff that we just shared about and get links to it, you can of course go to our show notes at GoogleTeacherPodcast.com/slash/125. It is time for some tips. I always look forward to these episodes because these are super practical, you know, things that you can apply right away. And uh, they all, of course, feature your voices, you know, people that listen to the show. And um, so we're, we're really excited to, to be able to share some, some Google-related tips with you all to kind of wrap this calendar year up. And so the first, the first two actually, um, they come from a question. They're like answers to a question uh, that was posed to us on the last episode from Marcel, Marcel from uh, Winnipeg in Canada, who had said um, Marcel was wondering if there's a good site to share G Suite materials. And Marcel says, I've put in a lot of time to make some good stuff, and I'm sure other teachers have as well. You may have mentioned a site on one of your previous podcasts, but I can't find it. So, um, you know, we've got a couple of people who are throwing in some ideas. And so this one comes from um, (laughs) friend of the podcast, Pam Hubler, who has an idea for um, doing a curation of your own that you can share with others. So, Pam, go ahead and take that. Hey, Matt and Casey, it's Pam Hubler or Special Ticky on Twitter. Um, I just had a thought for a Marcel's question in episode 124. Um, I was thinking that Wakelet might be uh, something that you could use to combine resources that you create. Um, I'm thinking if you have certain standards or certain subjects that you use, as you create, you can just add your resource um, maybe with the Force Make a Copy um, URL link in a Wakelet collection. Um, then it's easy to just share a whole collection. And as you update, if somebody saves that link, they're still going to have all the resources. So just a thought, um, maybe even adding an image to it so that way they can see what the topic is. Um, lots of things you could do with Wakelet um, that make it really easy to share on one topic. So hopefully that helps. I know it's not the perfect fix, but um, hopefully that helps. Uh, yes, this is this is good advice here. Um, I'm learning more and more about Wakelet myself. It's such a good curation tool, you know, to be able to pull together these collections and share with other people. So even if we don't have like an enormous, huge database like we all might like, if we start to make our own collections and share those out, at least that's something. So Pam, thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Pam, for sharing that. Uh, Wakelet is amazing. I'm kind of with you. It's like I keep like digging deeper and it just gets better and better the more I learn and use about Wakelet. And I know Pam is like a huge fan. So she is definitely a a go-to resource for me when I have Wakelet questions as well. And Stephanie Litz actually sent us a quick idea for answering this same question. And she says, hello, Matt and Casey. So thankful for your podcast. Keep up the good work because your listeners appreciate it. Regarding the question from Marcel, I found this resource, which might be a good fit. Cube for Teachers website. Cube for Teachers is a place where educators search, share, and store links to free open educational K-12 resources, including lessons, activities, interactive games, teaching strategies, tech tips, videos, 
special education, subject-specific resources, and more. So I have, I remember somewhere in the past seen or heard of this before. I am definitely not an expert, but um, I like that there is an idea for using that. And I think it's, it looks like there is an extension so that you can add resources to Cube for Teachers. And, you know, I love the fact that we have a, a, a good problem. We have too many resources and we have, we have too many different ways to curate. So it's a good problem to have, but we would love for everybody to come together and to share. So let us know what you think. Have you tried these? Do you think this is a, a good place? Would you be willing to contribute? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm super curious to see about that too. Um, you know, we all know that we are better together and, um, that's one of the things that I've always appreciated so much about the educator communities is how freely willing to share everybody is. And so, um, yeah, super curious to hear if, um, if you'll have any thoughts on that. Uh, our next comment comes from Dr. Rebecca Kreider and she has some thoughts about verbal feedback. Actually, it kind of feels like she's in my brain a little bit here. Um, I was getting ready to share some stuff about this too. So um, Rebecca, go ahead and take it. Hi, this is Dr. Rebecca Kreider from the Mount Olive Township School District. We all know how important feedback is on formal assessment. And recent studies have shown that verbal feedback is three times as effective as text feedback at getting students to actually incorporate the suggestions. It's also proven to build a stronger relationship between the students and teacher which leads to better retention of the content. Moat is a Chrome extension that I use for leaving my students verbal feedback, and I often get responses from them that are very positive. So I would suggest that your listeners look into the Moat Chrome extension for leaving verbal rather than text-based feedback. I love everything about this. This is this is so cool. Um, you know, I love the fact that she's she's talking about the power of verbal feedback. And you know, of course, we do speak faster than our fingers can keep up when it comes to typing. And so, you know, from the fact that it's powerful and effective to leave verbal feedback, but it's also efficient and quick. Like, I don't think you can go wrong with that. And I'm so glad that she brought up Moat too. This is one that's been on my radar a lot recently. I talked about it in my new book, Do More with Google Classroom about a way that you can be more efficient and you can also leave more personal feedback too. So, um, you know, Moat's definitely a good option for that and it's quick and easy to use. So this was a fantastic tip. So thank you, uh, Rebecca, for sharing that. Yeah, I am really loving Moat too. I've played a lot with it and I love the fact that it does work in multiple places, including Google Classroom. So that definitely gives it an edge. I also wanted to share a tip from Desiree Alexander. Hey girl, Desiree is amazing. If you're not following her, you should. And she shared a tip on how to make files available offline or downloadable so students won't need internet access to complete at home. And that's great. There are a million different ways to do this, but especially if you're using Google file types, you can make this work. In fact, I have a post posted a post with a post. <laughs> and it is detailing the directions on how to access Google files offline. And this has evolved over the years. And this is something that I have relied on. In fact, a few days ago when Google went down, were y'all paying attention? Because I think I was getting blamed for it <laughs> by my family. <laughs> Google doesn't work. It must be my fault. And I didn't notice because I enable offline access on pretty much everything that I'm working on. I've done that. It's been a habit because 
working on planes and different places where I don't always have access, that is great. But now, especially for remote learning and making sure that we are being as equitable as possible so that we can give our students ways to work on these school devices that we're sending home. You know, I've seen some creative ways to get Wi-Fi out there, but y'all, let's be serious. Everybody's had Wi-Fi issues, Um, internet issues, connection issues. It goes down. The whole neighborhood is upset. I know even when we've recorded this podcast, Matt and I over the years have had experiences with that. It happens to everybody, even people who are used to having access. So it definitely comes in handy across the board. So uh, a great tip from Desiree. And if you want those details, of course, we've got links on how to make that work step by step. You do have to have some storage available, by the way. You can't just do this on a really, really um, trimmed down Chromebook that doesn't have any local storage. You got to have a place to put those files. But um, most devices can make this work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This was such a great tip. And um, this was something that she shared during the Ditch That Textbook Digital Summit or the Ditch Summit, which is the free online conference for teachers that I put on uh, every December. This is the fifth year that I've been doing it. And Desiree was the opening speaker. She was the very first one. And uh, she dropped some some fantastic uh, knowledge and inspiration. And this was one of the things, just like Casey was saying, this was, um, she was talking about digital equity in this and, you know, trying to create a situation where everybody has the access that they need to be able to do uh, their work. Um, And the other side of it that she was talking about, too, was um, if you can use files, Casey was kind of focusing on the Google side of things. Uh, Desiree also mentioned how if you can use files that students can download, for instance, uh, you know, sometimes video files or even PDF files, if they just download it onto their device, then they can see it any place. So that was one of the tips that she left. And um, I wanted to share a few of the tips that have come out of the Ditch Summit that um, that may be helpful to you. Uh, for instance, the very next presentation, day number two of the Ditch Summit, featured Esther Park, who is a fantastic uh ELA, ESL teacher from Virginia who does really cool things with um, Google, specifically with um, Google Slides templates and Board. But she shared a little tip that has been buzzing all over the Ditch Summit hashtag. And um, she talked about how you can record a short little video clip of yourself, maybe a clip of yourself waving or pointing to something or whatever. And then she takes it over to this website called Unscreen, which you can find at unscreen.com. And it can even cut the background out of it. And it can turn that short little video file into an animated GIF that you can throw onto your slides that you can include in student resources and put them kind of all over the place. So that was a pretty cool thing. We also had Paula Martinez, the creator of Slidesmania. And if you haven't heard of Slidesmania, it's at slidesmania.com. This place is fantastic. It's got all sorts of really helpful, really useful uh, Google Slides and PowerPoint templates that you can download. And they are really, really highly interactive. And 
Paula in this session, I felt kind of like she was giving a master class on Google Slides. And when I say master class, I didn't intend for it to be sort of a play on words with the master slide, but that's really the thing that she talked about. If you're not familiar with the Slide Master, this is the place where you can set up things in the background that students don't move around. And she is a master with the master. So she talked about how if you're setting something up for you as the teacher, um, then put it on the master. And she said, instead of doing multiple uh, slides within your slide presentation, consider duplicating the layouts in the slide master for the things that you want to set up. Now, of course, anything that you want the students to do, then you can uh, set that up for them to do out on the slides. But she says the master is for the teachers, which I thought was fantastic. So, I mean, I could go on and on and on about this. Um, I did a presentation about my new book, Do More with Google Classroom, and I talked about one teeny tiny little tip that can help. Um, and that is if you're leaving feedback for students and you have the mobile app, for Google Classroom or whatever your learning management system is. Um, if you've got the mobile app, then as you're leaving that um, feedback for students or sending messages to your students, you can hit the dictation button or the voice typing button to, um, you know, to speak that instead of typing it with your fingers. And it can be a really quick way to uh, leave feedback. So it's been really cool to see some of these tips that have come in during the new presentations. And of course, during the Ditch Summit, you have access to all of the previous presentations as well. And I've had Ms. Casey Bell on the Ditch Summit twice now, and she shared some really good stuff. And so, um, Casey, can you, can you remember some of the tips that you shared when you were on the Ditch Summit before? Um, let's see. It's been a minute. And yeah. you know what? Well, I, I was on the original Ditch Summit. So I'm very proud to say that I, I got invited the first year. And how many years have you been doing this now? Five years. Five? Mm -hmm. Five years. Dang. Yes. So I, I know I shared some Google stuff. <laughs> Go figure, right? I think I talked about some Google certifications, maybe some magnetic poetry and things we can do with Google drawings. And y'all know I talked about slides. I can't not talk about slides. So Matt has so graciously given access to all of the past presenters, which makes every year more and more valuable. So that's pretty awesome go back and hear what I said and see if it's still valid. You can definitely go back and listen to some old Casey recordings. But I he also shared the page where um, just kind of all the resources on like how to make ebooks, how to do things like magnetic poetry, information about Google certifications. I'm also adding an additional link to our Google Teacher uh, podcast show notes that will have a video that I did that's more recent on how to create drag and drop activities in slides or drawings. So kind of playing off of that idea of how I started with the magnetic poetry, which if you've ever heard me tell this story before, was really me teaching myself Google Drawings. When I had been using lots of Google products for a long time, and then I decided to get certified, I this was back um, a long time ago when you had to take separate tests on each application. I had a test on drawings. I'm like, I don't ever use drawings. What am I going to do with this? And this blank canvas. And that's how I like to look at it. I think what throws people off about drawings, and I've said this so many times, is that there's not pre-made templates, you know, that are built into the software program itself. 
now people like Matt and I have created templates over the years, but I think that's kind of what intimidates people at first. So if you have some teachers who've never tried drawings, I think once, once they play around and they see how similar it is to like just a slide in Google Slides that they can create all kinds of things like magnetic poetry, which is a drag and drop activity. It's moving, you know, images or objects around. And that to me is where we go from just doing those old school static traditional assignments to creating and getting students dipping into the four C's in our classrooms. And so that to me is where we find the power in using Google tools. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I totally agree. Um, you know, whenever we can make things interactive like that, that's super cool. And uh, drawings and slides definitely are are great tools for that. Um, so uh, anyway, if you want to check out any of the resources from any of the tips that we've shared in this episode, of course, the show notes is the place you want to go for that. So head to googleteacherpodcast.com slash 125. All right, let's start to wrap this episode up by heading over to the blogs. And uh, Casey and I have some exciting new stuff coming out right now that we want to tell you about. For instance, um, I've got two big things going on right now. For one, my new book, Do More with Google Classroom, is now available. It's the book that lets you go beyond the basics and the you know simple tutorials to try to figure out what good teaching and learning looks like with Google Classroom. And so uh, you can definitely go check that out. You can also go to googleclassroombook.com to get all of the free resources that go along with it. This is the companion website that goes with the book. So if you want to go check out some of the things that are in the book and some of the things that aren't even in the book that are available for free, you can definitely go there. And then as I was mentioning earlier, the Ditch Summit is open. That, again, is my free online conference for teachers. It's going to be open until January 8th. So if you're listening to this and it's before January 8th, 2021, then you haven't missed it yet and you've still got time. So definitely head to ditchsummit.com and get registered and then you can go jump in and see about all of those presentations that we were just talking about. Yeah, you definitely don't want to miss those two amazing resources. I have been kind of busy myself, <laughs> about to pull my hair out, trying to get my book out and it is finally out. Uh, blended Learning with Google has been released. You can now get it on Amazon. I also have a really special, special, special early bird special. So I skipped pre-orders because it was getting ridiculous waiting and waiting and waiting with all the delays, y'all. 2020 just seems to make everything take longer. So <laughs> anyway, it's officially out. If you buy the paperback version, I'm going to give you a free video training of my absolute favorite Google tips. So um, that's, that's completely free and you can get professional learning credit and everything for it. I'm probably giving away um, the freebie, which is probably worth a lot more than the book itself, but buy the book and you get the free training. Details will be in the show notes. Also recently released the supplement that goes with that, which is Google from A to Z, the Google glossary for teachers. So if you're jumping into some tools that 
you know, kind of reach out of the normal productivity that most of us are used to. This is a great way to build your teacher toolbox. This is a great little gift for teachers. I know a lot of schools are now buying this for new teachers too, just to kind of get introduced to a lot of different things that you just didn't know existed from Google. So blended learning with Google is the follow-up to my first book, Shake Up Learning, but obviously it is more specific on how to use Google tools to support dynamic learning in our classrooms. Of course, there are remote learning tips. There are professional Google tips. There are all kinds of things in here that will help you survive whatever the new normal and post-COVID world has to bring. So you don't want to miss that. I also put out a three-part podcast series on blended learning with Google, giving you an introduction to all the strategies that I shared, as well as um, the last episode, which was eight reasons to love blended learning with Google. So that ended uh, with part three, if you want to check that out in the Shake Up Learning Show. Of course, we've got links to all of these things that we've been talking about in our show notes at googleteacherpodcast.com slash 125. Well, y'all, this has been a special episode. We love hearing from you. So keep those messages, those tips, those ideas coming. Go to our website, googleteacherpodcast.com and click on feedback and you can leave us a message. We'd love to hear what you're doing to prepare for the 2021 school year and semester. I know we're all kind of ready for some <laughs> some freshness in the world for that new year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we appreciate you. We love uh, getting to to do this for you and interact with you all. And we wish you the very best as this year is wrapping up and coming to a close. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts and by visiting our website, googleteacherpodcast.com. Join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTPod. Until next time, keep harnessing that G Suite power and may the Googles be with you. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech podcast.